Radio MD. RadioMD.com. The world's preeminent talk radio portal. All about your health. And now here's Melanie Cole, MS, host of Staying Well. It's estimated that three out of 100 people in the United States will have Parkinson's disease by age 70, making it the second most common neurodegenerative disease. We hear about it with celebrities, and that brings it a little bit more into the light as we learn about Parkinson's disease. My guest is Dr. Howard Weiss. He's the director of the Parkinson's Disease and Movement Disorder Programs at the Sandra and Malcolm Berman Brain and Spinal Institute at LifeBridge Health in Baltimore, Maryland. Welcome to the show, Dr. Weiss. So well, thank tell you, us- thank you. You know, what is Parkinson's disease? How do you diagnose it, and what are some of the symptoms? Well, Parkinson's disease is really a clinical syndrome. It's, it's a clinical diagnosis. It's, it's not something that's going to be diagnosed on the basis of a CAT scan or an MRI scan. So here we live in this high-tech world, and yet Parkinson's disease remains a clinical diagnosis. And as, as most of the physicians in the audience realize, it's based on a constellation of several signs. I think lay people in particular tend to equate Parkinson's disease with tremor, but it turns out that a substantial number of patients uh, with Parkinson's disease have minimal or, or very little tremor, and uh, and the symptoms can be quite nonspecific for quite a while. Patients will say, gee, I've slowed down tremendously, or I'm, I'm having trouble getting out of a chair, or, or the spouse often says, gee, you're not standing up straight, you're not picking up your feet, you're shuffling. Uh, or, a, or an astute spouse will say, gee, you don't swing your arms. Uh, the patient may say, I feel unsteady, or often they'll find that a limb feels stiff or uncomfortable, and, and often it'll be misdiagnosed as a as an orthopedic problem. Uh, typically, patients might notice, gee, my handwriting isn't as neat. It's smaller than it used to be. Or the spouse will say, gee, your, your facial expression is different. You're not smiling. You know, what, what doctors call the classic masked facial expression and, and, and the patient often, if you notice them, they're just sitting still without squirming as much, and, and often the voice is softer. So all of these are the early signs for many patients uh, that occur before they begin to shake. Uh, so, and of course, in the patients who don't shake often get diagnosed much later because anybody with a tremor is going to go to see a doctor. And, and of course, not, not everyone who has a tremor has Parkinson's disease because other conditions like essential tremor are also very common and can he says the misconstrued of Parkinson's. So you really need a, a good history and a very complete neurological examination by an experienced physician to determine is this Parkinsonian or not. And uh, and it could be tricky. And I see many patients who've had symptoms for years that didn't go, go uh, diagnosed. Uh, well, people see those tremors, and you're right, Dr. Weiss, people just assume right away that's Parkinson's, and there are many causes of tremors. So when we talk about symptom management, because there is no cure for Parkinson's, correct? And it's mostly about symptom management, the masking that you discussed, the gait issues, you know, maybe some of the degenerative musculoskeletal issues. How do you deal? What's, what are the treatments out there right now for Parkinson's and giving hope to some people? What are some of the, you know, horizon things sure. that you're doing sure. you know, with Michael J. Fox and then Robin Williams? Oh. We're hearing about these celebrities sure. and seeing, you know, different results for the different ones. So I think one of the big advances in our understanding of Parkinson's disease over the last 10 and 20 years has been the realization that this isn't just a disease of the motor system that to manage Parkinson's disease, you have to try to help these motor symptoms, the slowness, the stiffness, the shakiness. And we have 
fairly effective medications uh, for this. Carbidopa levodopa, the L-dopa, which was first introduced to medicine uh, as the mainstay of therapy back in 1969 and is still the best, most effective treatment for the motor symptoms. And it is very, very helpful for these patients. But we can't ignore the fact that there are these non-motor symptoms that can be very devastating to the patients. Many patients suffer with problems of low mood and depression or anxiety. Uh, Many patients have problems with orthostatic hypotension, constipation, uh, other issues that aren't related to lack of dopamine. So once again, we have to look at the entire patient and not just how much they shake or how stiff their muscles are. We have to try to manage these the non-motor as well as the motor symptoms. And I think when we look at the, uh, the quality of life in our Parkinson patients, it really depends more on how we manage their mental health and their mood and their, and their can they retain optimism, can they remain in the mainstream life, and, and that's certainly more important than whether they have an occasional tremor or not. Uh, so I think that's something that physicians who specialize in Parkinson's are more keenly aware of the effects that the Parkinson's has not only on movement, but on thinking, the mood, anxiety, and, and there's some other more exotic behavioral aspects that are also very common and have to be recognized, such as apathy, uh, various forms of cognitive slowing, uh, and uh, unfortunately, even in some cases, dementia. So, so it, it's much more complicated than just a movement disorder. Dr. Weiss, I've worked with many, many patients over the years with Parkinson's as an exercise physiologist, keeping them, you know, moving and working out and healthy has been so important. And you mentioned depression and anxiety. Give your best advice for how loved ones can help someone with Parkinson's. It's quite a scary diagnosis, you know, and and you think of these these horrible pictures in your mind of what it's going to be like, but give some hope and help the loved ones to come to terms with this. What can they do for those depressive episodes and the anxiety that they all feel. One of the things, uh, uh, Melanie, that I tell every patient and every family very at the beginning when I first see the patient and and subsequently throughout the course is that they have to realize that every patient is different. Every patient has different needs. Every patient has different symptoms. And even though we're dealing with a disease that slowly progresses over the years, the prognosis and the time course of this progression can be very, very different from patient to patient because sometimes patients will go out and buy some books and go online and they'll get this devastating idea that, oh my gosh, I'm going to be an invalid in five years or 10 years. And of course, sadly, as with every illness, there are cases that that are more severe and worse than others. But as with every case, there's that bell-shaped curve and some will progress more slowly. So I try to explain to the patient that the doctor can't be as precise about the prognosis as we as they would like, uh, but for some patients the, the progression can be quite slow, and people can remain in the mainstream of life for many many years. So once again, keeping the mental health as positive and healthy as possible is is crucial, and and I try to remind patients uh, that, that they're really people; they're not patients, and and trying to get patients to stay active to keep on working as long as they can, to certainly to exercise regularly and, and perhaps uh, get in a class that emphasizes balance as well as aerobic exercise, even using a personal trainer, uh, keeping their nutrition good. 
So it's really, it's a multifaceted approach. It's not just giving patients some pills and saying, here's, here's your pills, uh, see me in six months. Uh, but I think the management of, of the mental health often gets to be quite a challenge. And, uh, and sometimes it requires enlisting the, the help of other specialists, uh, psychotherapists, physical therapists, nutritionists, uh, speech and swallowing therapists. So really managing Parkinson's disease can, can be a multidisciplinary team approach for many patients. In the last 30 seconds or so, your best advice for people suffering with Parkinson's or people that love them and helping those that they love. So so I think, you know, it, it, Parkinson's disease, the management of Parkinson's has become much more complicated over the last 10 and 15 years. And I think it is important to, to have a, a, a team, a, a, a physician and a team of people who's quite experienced in this area uh, to try to manage the various multifaceted aspects of the disease. And I think that that is associated with the best outcomes for patients. Absolutely. Great information, Dr. Howard Weiss, and we've been talking about Parkinson's disease. And, you know, if you missed any of the great information that we give here on Radio MD, you can listen anytime on demand or on the go at RadioMD.com. And be sure and share these shows with your friends because that's how we all learn together and get the best, most up-to-date information right here on Radio MD. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening and stay well.